Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, save the Lord. radio show is on the air right now and we're glad to have you listening to us if you're listening of course here in dickinson north dakota on kdix you know it's a live program but we are also being picked up on the internet kdix.net and 
Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. So uh, we would like you to uh, communicate with us tonight. Texting or email would be the best. You can call into the studio, 701-225-5133. There's able-bodied people here to answer the phone. You won't get to talk to me probably but because um, I'll be on the air. The um, But uh, I'd like you to text me also, 701-290-7862, like a whole bunch of people just have already, and email me. Robert Simons 58 at gmail.com. That's how you can be part of the program tonight. We've got some live music in the program tonight. We've got Philip Woods, who is, uh, whose family is starting a church in Beulah, North Dakota. And he's in the studio. He's got his guitar. And who knows? We can make Abe sing. We can do all kinds of stuff here tonight. We've got, uh, let me just, let me just look. We've got, uh, Lori listening tonight. We've got the Schulers, Lori from Dickinson, the Schulers from, um, from Grafton, we have the some Hostetlers from Pennsylvania. We've got some Hostetlers that are on the har- highway somewhere between Dickinson and and Gulva, along with Harvey and um, Elvin. Hey, Harvey and Elvin, I missed you in church today. What's the deal with? I'm going to come over next Sunday and and maybe uh, throw some ice in your bed. Jason, we've got him and Daniel listening today in in West Fargo. And so that's, and oh, Stormy was, he won the prize. He texted me first from the Philippines. He was the very first one. And, uh, and just, uh, good to have him listen. Always enjoyable when I get his emails that he's listening. That's kind of weird, but it's a way different time there. He's, he, I can't remember exactly how it works, but I think it's the morning and I'm not sure which morning it is, but he's, he's way off in the Philippines. We are in our new building. Here at it's the former Elks building right on the interstate, Interstate 94, 501 Elks Drive. We've got um, 18,000 square feet. It's beautiful. We've got you know new chairs, new carpet, new paint. Uh, we've changed a few things, and it's just um, really, really nice. We have seating for uh, eventually. If we would just open up the walls and set up more chairs, we'd have seating for about 450 to 470 people. And uh, and right now we have um, uh, we have it set up for we can seat about 300 just the way we have it set now, and uh, and even after looking at the service today, I don't know where we put everybody in that old building, but we had a lot of visitors today, today a lot, some new visitors today again, and God is doing some great things. The excitement level in our church is extremely high. It's always been good, but the uh, just to see what, uh, I mean, people are coming. We have church Sunday mornings. We start at 10 in the morning. We have people <laughs> showing up at 8 o'clock, uh, just excited about, you know, what God's doing in Dickinson. And it, it's just, I suppose the building is just what you can see, but God is actually doing some great things. He's, he's changing lives, and um, people are, are coming to God, living in a new way. Uh, Bible salvation of Acts 2.38 repentance, baptism, water baptism in the name of Jesus, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit like they did on the day of Pentecost. That's what we believe. That's our basic foundation, our basic doctrine, our basic teaching. And um, and so, uh, you know, I, I, um, I'm I expecting we've got to just next week, uh, next this coming weekend, we have a young couple from our church and their children moving to Bowman, uh, North Dakota, which is in the very southwest corner of North Dakota. They're moving there for only one reason. And that's to start a Pentecostal church there. A fine, fine young couple that are moving. In fact, Seth used to be were sitting where Abe is sitting right now. He did that for several years, and uh, now he and his wife are moving 
to Bowman, North Dakota, we have a, a, a group of people that are starting a church in Beach, and uh, and then we, uh, you know, I guess we're going to claim them because we, uh, because I, I love them so much. But the uh, those that are out in Pennsylvania, it's kind of a weird way to have a daughter work out there, but um, but it's good to have the Hostetler starting a church in, in Washington, Pennsylvania. And so, um, and then there's just, you know, many other small churches around here that are being started and God's moving. We've got a church in Beulah that's very close here. And, uh, and, uh, those are some very precious people. In fact, the, the, um, son of the pastor and his wife is here in the studio, Philip. And I, I told him he's got to sing tonight. He's an excellent guitar player and, uh, we're going to have him sing in just a little bit. So we, just kind of let you know what's going on. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. Remember, it's if you go down to the old address, uh, there's signs up there saying we're not there anymore. That building is soon going to be listed for sale. And so uh, we'll be selling the old church. Uh, we haven't, haven't listed it yet, but we'll be listing it very, very soon. And then um, uh, Wednesday night at 7.30 is, the, um, is our, our next service in our new church. And that, that will start at 7.30. We have prayer before church if you would like to join us for that. we Many people, we have a special place in our church. We pray together before the service. We start at 7 there. And uh, we pray because we're looking for the favor of God in our services. And so um, that's Wednesday night. And then on Friday mornings, we have an open discussion men's Bible study at Perkins at 6 in the morning. Right here at Perkins. And that's always good. And you, you are welcome to come to that. You, you really are. You don't have to know anybody. Um, you just, if you're interested in the Bible, there's always a, a Bible topic there. And, uh, and so we, we would like to have you come Sunday. Our normal services are 10 o'clock Sunday morning. We have Bible study, adult Bible study and children's Sunday school at 10 o'clock. And then at 11 o'clock, we have our worship service. So that's kind of our, our, our normal services, the beach services Tuesday night at the Beach Community, Community Center at 7.30. So I said all that, and uh, I'm just kind of rambling here, but but uh, they're just uh, it's just really new. How many of you text me if you're from Dickinson, you've seen those new signs we've got up there? We've got, I wanted it really loud, and, and Keith's signs uh, built us two really, really nice signs. And uh, they're both facing the interstate, but one of them is, is a really, really big sign. And we still have to work on, on getting an electrician to, to put the lights on the sign. But you can see it during the day very, very good. Well, I am going to read some texts, and uh, Abe is going to play a song, and we're going to get right into our into our, um, our program right after that. So stay tuned for the Tell It Like It Is radio show. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Samuel Adams, First Chief Justice John Jay. Names synonymous with the spirit of our country, founding fathers of the USA. Over 200 years ago, they shook off the chains of tyranny from Great Britain by divine call. Citing 27 biblical violations, they wrote the Declaration of Independence with liberty and justice for all. But something happened since Jefferson called the Bible the cornerstone for American liberty, then put it in our schools as a light. Or since give me liberty or give me death, Patrick Henry said, our country was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We eliminated God from the equation of American life, thus eliminating the reason this nation first began. From beyond the grave, I hear the voices of our founding fathers plead, you need God in America again. 
Of the 55 men who formed the Constitution, 52 were active members of their church. Founding fathers like Noah Webster, who wrote the first dictionary, could literally quote the Bible chapter and verse. James Madison said, We've staked our future and our ability to follow the Ten Commandments with all our heart. These men believed you couldn't even call yourself an American if you subvert the Word of God. In his farewell address, Washington said, You can't have national morality apart from religious principle, and it's true. Because right now we have nearly 150,000 kids carrying guns to these war zones we call public schools. In the 40s and 50s, student problems were chewing gum and talking. In the 90s, rape and murder are the trend. The only way this nation can even hope to last this decade is put God in America again. The only hope for America is Jesus. The only hope for our country is Him. If we repent of our ways, Abe Lincoln said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. So when you eliminate the word of God from the classroom and politics, you eliminate the nation that word protects. America is now number one in teen pregnancy and violent crime, number one in illiteracy, drug use, and divorce. Every day a new holocaust of 5,000 unborn die, while pornography floods our streets like open sewers. America's dead and dying hand is on the threshold of the church, while the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah vexes us all. When it gets to the point where people would rather come out of the closet than clean it, it's the sign that judgment of God is going to fall. If there's ever been a time to rise up, church, it's now. And as the blood-bought saints of the living God proclaim, that it's time to sound the alarm from the church house to the White House and say, we want God in America again. Stand up and proclaim that one nation under God is our demand. And send this evil lifestyle back to Satan where it came from. And let the word of God revive our dying land. For Jesus Christ is coming back again in all his glory. And every eye shall see him on that day. That's why a new anointing of God's power is coming on us. To boldly tell the world you must be saved. Because astrology won't save you. Your horoscope won't save you. The Bible says these things are all farce. If you're born again, you don't need to look to the stars for your answers. Because you can look to the very one who made those stars. History tells us time and time again. To live like there's no God makes you a fool. If you want to see kids live right, stop handing out condoms. And start handing out the word of God in schools. The only hope. The only hope for our country is Him. If we repent of our ways, stand firm and say, Treat now.
Isn't that the truth? We need God in America again. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. You are listening, unless you're listening to the Holy Ghost podcast later. This is live from the studios of Dickinson, North KDIX studio, studio Dickinson, North Dakota. I got that out. All right, good. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to get right into it. And uh, thank you for the new listeners. Glad you have you guys tonight that are listening. And um, and really text me tonight. Let me know you're listening. 701-290-7862. Hebrews twelve fourteen through 17. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know that how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. I'm going to read those same verses out of the, the today's Living Bible. Hebrews twelve fourteen through 17, 17. Work at living in peace with everyone, and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. Tonight, we are talking, I want to get to the subject of profane, profanity. Uh, That's kind of the subject. That word, profane, simply means godless. Godless. It reminds me of Romans one twenty-eight. It says, they did not want to retain God in their knowledge. And because of that, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Profanity, profane, simply means, uh, it doesn't mean evil, it doesn't mean unrighteous. What it simply means is godless, like like no room for God in a person's life. And so these scriptures in Hebrews, and if you are in a place where you can get your Bible out, get it out. If you're driving or, or whatever else you're doing, you may not be able to. But uh, these scriptures, I'm going to lead up to the topic tonight. Um, the Apostle, or he, uh, I believe the Apostle Paul, says that we need to work at living peacefully with others. We also need to work at living holy. You know, um, he said, those who are not holy will not see God. And so this this concept of people, I don't know, making fun of people that are trying to live right or live holy, um, this I, I don't know where this comes from. I mean, I understand it, it comes from people that maybe are a little defensive, but like, what's wrong with that? Like, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? Like, you know, I, I know I've had people say over the years things like this. Oh, you know, that New Life Pentecostal Church, uh, they stress righteousness. Over here, we stress grace. And I, for some reason, I get really offended by that. I'm like, when when did you find out I didn't stress grace? Or like, our church doesn't. I mean, our church is certainly made up of a lot of fine people that grew up as Pentecostals. That's great. But our church also is made up of people that didn't know the first thing about it until they were adults and had gotten themselves in all kinds of trouble. And they fit in just along with the rest of us. You know, we don't look at anybody differently. I mean, you know, whether you came from a Pentecostal home or you came from the prison, 
It doesn't make any difference to us. And so let's get this settled right away that holiness and righteousness, those were God's ideas. And and here are these verses in Hebrews say that we need to work at living holy. Like there's there's work involved. It's not easy. We're gonna um, there, we're living in a world that's tempting us on all sides. That you you know even if you don't have a television or you don't watch movies, which I don't, but I mean I can't. There's stuff all around me. You know you got to work at living holy. It's easy to fall into worldliness. It really is. That's why, um, you know I like I say I'm working at it. You know, I'm I'm glad I don't have a television. I'm glad I don't have the the uh, uh, access to the well. I, I guess I would have access to Hollywood movies, but I'm glad I don't watch them because I have enough trouble staying spiritual the way it is. So why would I want to add all these other things? Hey, look at Von Pearson's listening in in uh, Georgia. Hey, there's my friend listening. That your brother did me a good turn just the other day uh, last night. He cleaned our bathroom floors in our new building just out of the goodness of his heart. So nice of your brother Nate to do that. But we're we're living in a world, for some reason, even a church world, that doesn't like to talk about holiness or righteousness. But here in Hebrews chapter 12, it says we need to work at living holy. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. And I think that's our goal is to go to heaven. And so holiness is part of going to heaven. It really is. Let me let me read it again. I, I, I love reading verses because these verses are doctrinal uh how how would i say this they they can shatter false doctrine there are people that say it doesn't matter how you live because we're saved by the grace of god but let me read it again work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the lord so which one are you going to believe these false teachers that are telling us it doesn't matter how you live or are you going to believe the Bible itself that says those who are not holy will not see the Lord? Now, this this um, this isn't my topic tonight. I'm just building up to it. He uh, in these same verses, uh, Paul says, you know, uh, live, work at living holy. He says, watch out for bitterness. Watch out for it. He said it not only will destroy you, but it could destroy many. It's a poisonous root. It, 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 uh, it, he said that it, it can corrupt many people. Bitterness is a, is a poison. It's a, it's a, it, it hurts people. It, it, you know, you got to watch out for it. And then he said, watch out for immorality. Now, certainly, uh, this is not just sexual immorality, but that's uh, the most prevalent type of immorality. Uh, lying is immorality, of course, but watch out for it. You know this um, this world that we're living in. Um, sex has become a a, um, a a thing that's not sacred anymore. That that was intended at one time to be between two married people, and um, and that was God's idea. Here again, that's not my idea. And these are married people. You know, like a man and a woman, that kind of married people. But this this wasn't my idea. I didn't make this stuff up. You know, I love I love the Bible, and uh, if it becomes illegal to preach the Bible, I, I'm going to tell the judge if I get in trouble. I'm going to say, Judge, I didn't make this stuff. Up. I'm just I'm just reading it out of the Bible. <clears throat> I didn't. I, none of this stuff I made up. God invented sex. He invent, invented it between to be between a husband and a wife. That's the way he invented it. But it's so here. Paul is saying, Watch out for immorality. You know, live holy. Watch out. Watch out for bitterness. Watch out for immorality. And then he said, "Watch out f- 
for profanity or a profaneness or being profane. This is what I want to talk about tonight. And then he said, make sure that no one is profane, a profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. This is what I want to talk about tonight. You know, it's it's interesting. You can talk about evilness. You can talk about unrighteousness. But profane is different. Now, what the, what the deal with Esau was, Esau had the birthright in his family. He was the eldest. He got was going to get the inheritance. He was going to get the special position with God. He was the firstborn. This is in the Old Testament. And Esau came home from hunting after a few days, and he was really, really hungry. He was so hungry, and his brother Jacob was making a pot of stew. And he Esau said, Jacob, give me a, give me a bowl of that stew because I'm starving to death. And Jacob said, I will give you some stew if you give me your birthright. And Esau said, you can have my birthright. What good is my birthright going to do me if I starve to death? And for some reason, and I, I think I know the reason, I'm going to try to explain the reason tonight, God noticed what Esau said. And in the New Testament, this story is told in the book of Hebrews that Esau was a profane person. He was godless. He didn't care about the things of God. All he cared about was a pot of stew. For one meal, Esau forsook his birthright. The word profane, uh, it's just the Greek word is bibilos. It just means... Uh, you lack a relationship with God, godless. That's what it means. It's different. A profane, a profane person is different than an evil person. A profane person is different than an unrighteous person. Even though I believe that a profane, profanity, and here again I'm not talking about just swearing today, but profanity, being profane, will lead us to unrighteousness and evil both. I believe it leads to those things. Just like I said in Romans chapter 1, uh, I'd quoted it or said something that because they did not want to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. So a profane person uh, is a person that isn't really against God. It's really a person that is without God. They're worldly. They don't appreciate the spiritual side to life. That's what profane means. Now the word profanity course we use it to talk about cussing and swearing and cursing and and god is against that god is against it but profanity in your language is simply an outward sign of profanity on the inside like the worst cuss word in all the world i know i know what you think it is but it's not what you think it is it it starts with a j because profanity takes the things of God and makes them like they're not sacred, they're not holy. Ezekiel 22, 26, um, it says, Her priests have violated my law. They have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. And so profanity and profanity in language, people use the word God in cussing. They use the word Jesus in cussing. Those are the worst swear words. That is the worst type of profanity. I'm against the other kind of profanity. I think it's tasteless. I think it shows crude behavior. But if if 
the kind of profanity that really upsets God is when you take his name in vain. When you take the holy things and talk about them like they're not. And so we are going to discuss this tonight. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make my grandson Philip get his guitar here. He's gonna become you're gonna become really famous right now. Get that mic up to your mouth. But tonight we're discussing the topic is profanity. We're talking about we're talking about uh uh you know, just not caring about the things of God. You know, not you know, not uh, godlessness, not um, not on you know, not caring about those things. The um, and so, text me tonight seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two. Email me tonight, tonight Robert Simons fifty eight at gmail dot com. down to the walk. Hey, good job. That was Philip Woods and uh, playing live music here on the KD, or KDIX. 
You're listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Thank you. I got caught up on my texts here. Good to have everybody. I'm not going to probably, I'm going to miss some people, but good to have the Beaglers listening in um, Driscoll, and it was a blessing to have them in church today. Brother and Sister Gubrud listening in Valley City. We've got Sarah listening in Beulah. I've, I think I've met her before. We've got, um, that's my daughter. I, I'm sure I've met her before. And as I mentioned earlier, we got uh, the evangelist and his wife, Vaughn and Wendy Pearson, listening. I'm going to be with your dad up in Prince Edward Island doing a marriage retreat coming up here soon. First time to ever go to Prince Edward Island, and I've always wanted to go there, so I'm excited to go. Uh, Lomans are listening. Good job, Philip, they said. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. The topic in the Tell It Like It Is radio show is the word profane. The word profane simply means godless. And so here, uh, <laughs> you know, there's much to be said about religiosity. I mean, there's a lot to criticize. Certainly we've had it as topics on this program be- before. Religiosity means that you do go to church, you do act like you love God, but your mind and your heart really are not in it. That's, Of course, Jesus came, his first audience <laughs> were people that were very religious and got so angry at Jesus on the outward appearance, it looked like they got so angry they had him put to death. Of course, we know there was a lot more going on than that. There was It was all prophecy and prophetic. But on the outside, Jesus made a bunch of religious people really mad because he attacked their religiousness. And uh, <clears throat> they got really self-defensive and they had Jesus put to death. Now, saying all that, I will tell you this. I know, I know, I think the Bible's clear on how Jesus feels about it. But there's an opposite end of the spectrum. The opposite end of the spectrum is that you don't consider anything holy. Because you realize that there are, and I realize that there are um, inconsistencies in church attenders. There are people that say we won't go to church because of the inconsistencies. See, and these people, I've watched this, like you, you home churchers, you, uh, you people that think you're so much better than the rest of the people that go to church because you think, you know, that it's in the heart, it's not in your church attendance, and you think that you, you believe that all these church attenders are hypocrites. And what's happening is, if you aren't godless, your children will be. That's what I've seen. I've watched the home churchers over the years. I've watched these people that, and, uh, you know, yeah, you, we should have prayer in our homes, and we should uh, have worship in our homes, absolutely. But I've watched it. I've seen it. You know, I'm, I, um, I'm like David. I was young. Now I'm old. <laughs> I'm getting older anyway. I don't feel old, but I'm 59 years old. And I've watched, I've watched the whole deal. I've watched, I've watched people I knew in my 20s that are now grandparents, and I've watched some whose grandchildren are living for God, serving God. I've watched some that their grandchildren, their children, and they're not living for God. And it has to do with this word profane. So you don't pray, you don't read your Bible, you don't go to church regularly. You don't give money to the work of God. You don't give God his position in our lives, and you still claim to be a Christian? I'm going to tell you that you're not. You're not. 
You say, well, you don't even know me. That's exactly right. I don't. I don't know any of you. But you have to, there has to be some outward signs that you love God. The example I always use, I enjoy riding motorcycles. They are dangerous, and my mom's probably listening in Bismarck. She wishes I never picked up that hobby. I've I've ridden motorcycles since I was about 16 or 17. My parents forbid me to buy one, and so my girlfriend bought one, and I drove that, <laughs> which was really weird. My dad told me, I said, he said, I told you you couldn't have a motorcycle. I said, well, Dad, it's, it's Lori's. He goes, well, then you better park it out at Lori's house because it's not staying at this house. Well, and I understand that, and my parents, you know, are very wise, and they're right. They are very dangerous, but I've always enjoyed riding motorcycles. Now, I'm not a biker, you know, like I don't look like a biker. I don't dress like a biker. Even though I've ridden motorcycles now for over 40 years, and the motorcycle I ride now, it's a very nice Kawasaki motorcycle. I I really like it, and I enjoy riding it, and I don't ride it as much as I'd like to. Like last summer, I took it down to the Black Hills one time, and a couple friends, my wife was busy at a retreat, so so I just took a couple men in our church, one man in our church, one man in our Jamestown church. We drove down to drive around the Black Hills. I really enjoyed it, and I enjoy look. I look forward to doing that. But see, when you like something, you'll find other people that like it and do it with them. Isn't that true? I mean, isn't that true when you like to do something, like like um. You know, I, I think it's a waste of time in your life, but these, these, uh, these gamers that, that are on, on these, uh, games they play on, on the internet, they find other people that like to do it, and that's why they do it. They, they, they enjoy the company, the camaraderie of these people, even though they never meet them and they never see them. That's what church is. Going to church is because we have people that believe the same things we believe, and we get together, and we love getting together, and we love talking about the things of God. That's what getting to church is. That's what it is. And so profane people don't care about things like this. Sitting next to me in the studio is a young man that uh, he and his brother both have their own cars, and they um, uh, they they drive. I mean, they drive everywhere to go to church. I mean, they drive to Jamestown, they drive to Bismarck, they drive to Minot, they drive to Dickinson. They drive to Dickinson just about, I mean, just about every week for something. And sometimes it's go, to go to church, sometimes it's go to, to go to a youth event. The, they, they, they attend a church that's just getting started. It's a very small church as far as the number of people. And Philip, Eric, and Jackie like doing things with the people of God. You see, profane means... I don't see the importance of those things. Profane means I don't see the reason to do those things. Like profane people wouldn't give a dollar to the work of God. Now you know on this radio show we've never asked for a dollar and uh and I won't accept your money. That you know I made it I made up my mind a long time ago that we're not you know our church our local church pays for this airtime and um and and if you send me money, I'll either send it back to you or give it to a missionary or something. I'm not going to take it because um, the last thing I want is people thinking we're doing this for money. But just because you've never heard me talk about it on this radio show doesn't mean I don't believe in giving money to the work of God. I mean, absolutely. 
But profane people would rather buy a $5 Starbucks than put $5 in the offering plate at their church. I've known people over the years that wouldn't give a penny to the work of God. Why? Because they don't see the importance of it. There are people that I know right here in Dickinson that don't go to church anywhere, but they talk like they love Jesus. But see, worldliness and godlessness means without God. Profane means godlessness. Profane says, I don't see what's so important about going to church. I don't like to go to church. I don't want to go to church. That's what profane means. Now here again, don't text me tonight. I know people have been texting me here and I haven't read them. But don't text me tonight and tell me all um, all about all the hypocrites that you've ever seen in church. You know, this, this, uh, this is not... Um, this is not uh, to tell you that I don't know this, I don't see this. Uh, you know, there, uh, yes, absolutely, there are hypocrites that go to church. Absolutely, there are. Sometimes I know about them, sometimes I don't. But if you don't like hypocrites, you sure don't want to go to hell because you're going to spend forever there with all those hypocrites. Profanity is more than speaking. Profane means that that uh, the things of God are of no importance to us. One of the most powerful testimonies I ever heard was a friend of mine from our Bismarck church. His name is Pete McGelkey. And Pete one time stood up, was asked to tell his story, and this is what he said. My wife and I were considered good people, we uh, paid our bills. We worked our jobs. You know, we, we mowed our lawn. Um, you know, we were good citizens. We tried to do well with our children. But Shelley and I were godless, he said. At a certain point in our life, we were god. In other words, it didn't have to do with anything but being good, but it, the fact that they didn't have God. They didn't know God. They didn't care about God. You know, Jesus, you know, let me, let me just say this, and I've said it over the years. In fact, I've got a whole Bible study uh, made up about this. We, it's on its second printing. It's called The Greatest Commandment. It's just a little eight-scripture Bible study. It's in a really, really nice little brochure, and we have them. You can take them free at our church. You can give them to people, teach them to people, whatever you want. It's a Bible study I designed many, many years ago just to try to reach people on a personal level. And the Bible study is called The Greatest Commandment. In this Bible study, I propose that the greatest sinner in all the world is a person that would break the greatest commandment. I always start the Bible study out this way. I say, well, who, what do you think the greatest sin in all the world is? And I get people say things like, you know, people that commit crimes against children, uh, war criminals, you know, uh, Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, you know, now we got the guy from North Korea. Um, people say those are the worst sins in all the world. And then I say, would you think, would you agree that to be the greatest sinner in all the world, you'd have to break the greatest commandment that there is? And I get people usually by a little talking, I get them nodding and saying, you know, it makes sense. Like to break the greatest commandment would you make break would make you the greatest sinner. And Jesus told us what the greatest commandment was in the book of Mark. 
chapter 12, he, when somebody asked him, what is the greatest or the first of all the commandments? And Jesus said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the greatest, this is the first of all the commandments. And secondly, to love thy neighbor as thyself. And so these are the, these are the greatest, this is the greatest commandment, to love God. What's going on in America, whether you consider yourself good or bad, good or evil, whether you're, you're the boy that killed the 17 people in Florida, or you're the guy here in Dickinson just working your job and paying your bills and, and living life, you know, watching a football game or whatever. There can be a common denominator between those two types of people. And the common denominator many times is godlessness. Don't give God the proper place in your life that he wants. And that's number one. God wants number one in your life. Like, like no wonder the Christians had a tradition of starting, of meeting to worship on the first day of the week. Now we know that Sunday is not the Sabbath day. It, the Sabbath day is the seventh day, which is Saturday. But the Christians, um, from ancient times, I mean, even from the times of the Bible, met on the first day of the week. But how fitting is that to give God the first, the first day of the week? Let's start our week out like today was the first day of the week. How did you start your day out? How did you start your week out this week? I know we've kind of changed it around to where we think Sunday's the last day of the week, but really, I mean, you can look at your calendar if you don't believe me. Sunday's the first day of the week. Sunday is the first day of the week. How did you start your week out today? Does it have anything about saying that you're a profane person? You know, this this um, Esau, the Bible says in one place, this is really strong language, but God said, I loved Jacob, but I hated Esau. God said that. I didn't say it. Why did God hate Esau? Because Esau could care less about God. He didn't, he didn't God was not in his thoughts. Well, we're running out of time. You know, I've got Abe in the studio here, and he is going to uh, give you some information about how to get a hold of uh, get a hold of us during the week. Now, this is like what? How long you been doing this, Abe? How long you been doing this? It's about ten weeks now, something like that, or six weeks. I don't know. He's been running the controls here, and he's already got a fan club. I think that texts him. But I'm going to have him uh, give out some information how to how to see, come to church, how to get a hold of us, all those different things. Well, this is a Tell It Like It Is radio show, and we are from the New Life Pentecostal Church. And if you would like to visit us at our church, you can come on Sunday morning. Um, at 10 o'clock, we have a Sunday school. That's for adults and for kids. Um, and there's open discussion Sunday school. And at 11 a.m., there is a worship service, and you're welcome to come. Join us for that. That's located at 501 Elks Drive, right north of the interstate. And um, also on Wednesday night, we have a church service, and that's at 7.30 at the same place. And if you're from beach or in the beach area, you can go to a Pentecostal church service, and that is at the Beach Community Center on Tuesday nights at 7.30. Um, If you'd like to get a hold of Pastor Bob Simons, you can... 
email him. His email is robertsimons58 at gmail.com, or you can call or text him, 701-290-7862. If you'd like to call us in the studio, you can call 701-225-5133. All right, and uh, this is the Tell It Like It Is radio show, of course, our topic tonight, and we're just going to kind of wrap it up here. We're talking about what the word profane means. Profane means godless. That's what it means. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14 is where I want to kind of zero in and tonight. Thank you for all the texting. Uh, we've got Pastor Chuppy texting. He said Abe did a, he wants Abe to sing. Pastor Chuppy does, but I don't know if we're going to do that or not. Got the Bulls listening from Jamestown tonight, and um, I, I think I mentioned a lot of these other ones. Thank you so much for texting, too, and, and uh, letting me know you're listening. Really, really appreciate that, and uh, welcome to all you that are listening on Holy Ghost Radio also. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, it says this, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So the grace of God teaches us that we need to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. Here again, ungodliness does not mean evil. Ungodliness just simply means exactly what it sounds like. No room for God in your life. Now, I do believe that as society becomes ungodly, you will become evil. I believe that. Uh, that's why That's why you can pass as many laws as you want to about these school shootings, and you're not going to stop them. You're not. You're not going to stop them. Because we're living in an ungodly society that's becoming more and more ungodly uh, thanks to uh, the influences uh, I'm going to say the satanic influences of television and Hollywood and, I mean, immoral, immoral books and all the influences that are hurting young people. I mean, we're exposing, well, I don't want to change the topic, but we're exposing children to pornography. That should, you know, if you're going to pass a law against something, that would be a good one. I mean, children are watching pornography children are watching um, terrible movies and 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 television full of swearing and and uh, violence you know how in the world could well I'm, I'm gonna change anyhow but it says here that we need to deny Titus 212 ungodliness and worldly lusts and that we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world notice that he uses the word righteously and and godly. You see? Do you see the difference? Do you see what the whole program is about tonight? It's not about living righteously. We're not talking about that tonight exactly. But we're talking about godly. Godly means tune into God. Godly means what does God think? What does God think about my lying? You know, like like for instance, you can live a life and you can lie and maybe nobody will ever catch you. Maybe you're a really good liar. Maybe uh, you have a really great memory and you tell your lies the same every time. But God knows. What if you didn't lie because you felt like God was watching? 
the belief in God is the very premise of morality. That's why, I mean, that's why uh, taking, you know, I mean, in, in our country, what a great country we live in. And, you know, and it talked about the separation of the church and the state. But the founding fathers never intended for God to be taken out of the country. To, for God to be taken out of the equation. In fact, I love it when presidents pray and call out to God and ask God for help. I love that. I really do. I mean, I, I, um, you know, I, there were presidents, I know Billy Graham just passed away and there were presidents, whether they did it for political reasons or not, I don't know, but they, they were looking to him for some spiritual advice. There, there are, and many of them, not just one. But you see, godliness simply means, God, I want to know you in my life. God, I want to know you. I want to, God, I want to know what you think. Godliness means, I'm not going to be doing my hobby on Sunday morning. There are churches, Abe, in Dickinson, that have a Wednesday night service in the wintertime. But they don't have a Wednesday night church service in the summertime because they can't get anybody to come. Because everybody's doing their thing. Like church attendance across America in the summertime drops. Now it doesn't drop at our church, and I'm thankful for that. Now, yeah, people, people go on vacations and so on. Of course they do. But if you're going to go boating, you're not going to do it on Sunday morning. If you're a godly person, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna ride your dirt bike, you're not gonna do it on a Sunday morning during church. If you're a godly person, I've got a good friend of mine. This uh, his name's Gilbert Pearson, and I'm going out to my wife and I are going to visit him in Prince Edward Island and, and do a little marriage seminar at their church that he's pastoring out there. But my good friend Gilbert Pearson, when he's traveling, no matter where he's at, he goes to church if it's a Sunday. Or Wednesday. He just goes to church. He doesn't take a vacation from going to church. Why? Because he's he's godly. See, you people out there that are saying, like, you people are saying, you're getting madder by the minute. You know, you're you're getting as mad as a hornet. And I just hope you don't don't uh, get so mad you come and slash my tires. Maybe you'll mistake my grandson's car for mine. He's got he's out there too. Slash his tires. But the, I know I'm just teasing. Don't do that. But you're getting mad because I'm telling you, if you don't go to church, you're not godly. Because even though there's all kinds of problems with church attenders, there are. I, I mean, we know this. All of us church attenders know this. But godliness means I like the things of God. And the Bible itself says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. As some people are. Like, if I can put it in the, the, the RES version, which is the Robert Everett Simons version, it's, it's this. Don't miss church like other people are. Especially as you see the evil day coming. You know, don't tell me how much you love God if you don't go to church. Because church is the place where people that love God get together. And church is the place that they bring their children to, and church is the place 
that their children find their spouses. Church is the place where children come and after church, some of those children are not super spiritual. You know, they're not. Some of the kids in church are not super spiritual. They can't wait for me to get done preaching so they can go play with their friends. But isn't that important too? To to find good friends for your children? Our church in Dickinson has like 70 to 80 children under 18 coming to our church right now. Our church in Dickinson. I think there's 80 of them. I think I counted them up. 80 children under 18 coming to our church right now. And you know what? I am thankful for it. I mean, we, we are overrun with children. But those children are growing up and they're loving, they're learning to love the things of God. Many of those children, their parents don't miss a service for anything. I mean, like, you know, if somebody's really sick, maybe they will, but most of the people just come to church. They come, I mean, it's it's like, you know, like if the car breaks down, they'll take the taxi to church. That's That's the way, I'm going to say the majority of the people that attend our church are like that. And you can make fun of it, and you can find fault with them, and 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 maybe uh, and maybe there's a reason to find fault with somebody that goes to our church. They're not all perfect people, but godliness means I like the things of God. I like to pray. I like to read the Bible. I like to go to church. I like to hang out with the people that go to church. I like to talk about the things of God. In fact, some of you that aren't mad at me are listening to this program because you are godly. Because I'm sure there'd be all kinds of other things you could be doing right now. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio show, and I'm pretty much done. <laughs> I am. I think I've made I've made the point. Uh, the um, the uh, um, you know that godliness is part of salvation, and godliness, of course, leads to righteousness and all those other things. Well, come and visit us. Our next church service is Wednesday night at 7.30. And uh, before church, this Wednesday, we're having a, a church meal at 5.30. And so um, if you would like to come in and uh, join us for that, you sure would be welcome to do that. It's not going to be fancy. We have a whole bunch of hot dogs that we're going to fry up. So it's not a fancy meal. But before our Wednesday night service, we do have a, a meal, and you certainly are welcome to come to that. Lord Jesus, as we close this program today, I pray that you would help the listening audience. God, help them, uh, Lord, to fall in love with you so that even others could see that they're in love with you. To fall in love with your things, Lord, your your people, uh, the things that you've commanded, Lord. I just pray that you help us. Help us, Lord, not to be like Esau and for one morsel of meat. Uh, sell our birthright, not, not thinking that what you've got is important and just treat it like that. But but to be more like Jacob, where we want and we love and we desire and we seek after the best gifts and the best things. We just pray in the name of Jesus. Lord willing, we'll be back on the air for another Tell It Like It Is show next Sunday night. God bless you. You speak the word. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. 
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.